AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The fighting cock is back. F- Liverpool. F- Windy. Candelect. F- Bournemouth. F- Loyalty points. F- the questions. Fuck Ricky. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's episode 12, season 5 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello, bienvenue. What? Bienvenue, welcome. Ah, coming. That's nice. I had a meeting this morning with a French lady, and um, she asked if I spoke French, and I actually felt like I disappointed her when I said no. Yeah. (laughs) Why did she ask this? Because she's sharing her screen, and she showed me an email that she received with regards to what she wanted me to do for her. Work-wise, obviously. <laughs> and, um, and it's all in French. I'm like, um, I didn't want to say that I could read it, but then she asked, like, so, so do you speak French? I'm like, no. It could have said anything. I need servicing. Well, I, my limited French from, like, the age of 12, I don't think it said that. Yeah, what, how do you say servicing in French? Servicing. So, <laughs> <laughs> this body would have been all over it. Like, all right. <laughs> we got Flonius Bilf. Hello. We've got Barty. Hello. And we've got Ricky. Je m'appelle Ricky. Yeah. How's <laughs> then? Yeah, good. Uh, you was telling us about something that got tweeted quickly. Uh, no, I, well, I was just going on that. Uh, I was like flicking through Twitter and uh, I saw something come through that of uh, a, a young lady who was fairly young and she, she was explaining that she didn't know whether her partner was inexperienced at uh, the sex yeah. and um, she didn't know what was going on because every time they had sex he would lay on top of her and penetrate her yeah. but then he wouldn't move <laughs> right in between us yeah, so he, he, he went in but then he just laid <laughs> and she was in this predicament of like she didn't know if she wanted to if he just didn't want to cause traction because of uh, he didn't want to ejaculate or he just didn't know what he was doing <laughs> A husband. As a fella. Was this like a Dear Deirdre thing? Was there pictures of it as no, well? No, it's in The what? Guardian. It's weird. <laughs> weird shit. It's amazing. Uh, what, my, what my advice would be, look, grab his ass, yeah, and pull, <laughs> and pull him in. And then out. And then yeah, out. exactly. Make, make him move him. Move him. Teach it, him. But that means, like, if you think, think about this, right, it means he's never watched porn and no-one's ever explained to him how sex is... Or just lazy. Just lies there. Yeah, he could be. I, I think Lamella needs to deal with his problem. <laughs> <laughs> He's not getting his missus to write in stuff. You could see it, can you? Yeah. He's probably got a mirror like as a bedhead, do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> looking at his hair and not moving. Uh, anyway, let, let's go on to spoke. I, I know I know. we apologised last week and a, a lot of people were saying, what are you apologising for? The last week's episode was very funny. It was funny for us. It was funny for me at the time. But listening back, as I said I would, I kind of got through about halfway through the second half and um, struggled a lot. So if anyone was disappointed with last week's episode, it's free. What the fuck are you going to do? Um, I'm here as well this week. So. Yeah, I did actually think that who's on the pod this week. Can we keep it together? So yeah. we'll do our best. We'll do our best. We can't promise Rick anything. Because Eric Dial. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. just an anchor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know, keep it all together. Keep, th- keep shit ticking over. Would you Would you wear black boots on the football pitch? 
Probably not. What pink? Yeah, I'd probably go for something outrageous. One them cunts. Yeah, well, what, one of those. One of those, but like with minimal, <laughs> minimal technical ability, <laughs> and that can actually ha- has the right to wear those kind of boots. I wear them anyway. All the gear and no idea. Yeah, uh, I'd, I, I, like, I'd be like a, when I was a kid. Just uh, the 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 last substitute, but I'd be wearing white predators. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny we're talking about boots. I mean, we're going to talk about Bournemouth later on. There's a lot of these players getting very similar injuries. I mean, 10 years ago, it was a metatarsal, or 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And now you're getting a lot of these ACL injuries, and I think it's blamed on a new boot. So get a pair of World Cups, a couple of Mondials, never get injured. I was reading about Gary Lineker earlier for some reason, and, um, you know, he had the, that, like, riddled with toe injuries. One toe, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I think he, had, he was saying he had, like, um, 100 injections... He's got two pins in his toe. Was that from all the goals he scored, toe poke? Yeah, he loved the toe poke. Uh, well, apparently it was down to the boots. Oh. So it was the change in boots at the time. I used boots to wear his softer. boots. He used to wear the... What, Quasar? Quasar, yeah, that's it, with, the, with, the funny, <laughs> with the funny symbol. <laughs> Quasar, yeah. I remember them. It's like a round symbol with a yeah, block. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was a Q. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, now yeah. it makes sense. It was a Q. Do you remember the goalkeeper's gloves? They all had the same as well. They had the... Sondico. Sondico, that's it. What was that? Yeah, that was I found a pair of Sondicos last week at five aside. It was a win. I've got them in the boot of my car. I've got shin pads. I think I Sondico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are they still in business? Yeah, obviously, yeah. I, I had a pair of, I think they were Sondico um, shin pads from uh, Paul Gascoigne, his uh, signature. Were they properly signed or was it just... No, no, no it was just printed on, I was a fucking mug, but in my, <laughs> in, my, in my head they were his shin pads that he'd worn. Um, yeah, do you, just for a, bit, a bit more nostalgia, do you remember those little um, like mesh... Uh, goalkeeper's gloves. The they, orange ones with the little black bits of plastic on it. Yeah, no, they were like they were like gripped, yeah. so you could grip it that a bit poor, better. But it, that was yeah. the, the goalkeeper gloves that the poor kid always used to get to school. It's so true, and the bit like the, the moth bitten holes in them. Yeah, yeah. and oh, they uh, break your hands, like you <laughs> save the ball. They were like gardening gloves. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. when you watch like um, football in the 60s and 70s, some of the keepers had gloves, some of them had looked look like gardening gloves, which yeah. had like a little bit of lattic around the wrist. Yeah, and would look like the rubber, like gardening gloves would have. I just think, well, how are you playing in those? Jens with his massive shovel hands, um, he, he would he wouldn't wear gloves. Yeah, no, he would be a foam finger. That's so I don't think I could fit him. <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, that's when fucking like men were men <laughs> and women were grateful. Oh, no, <laughs> I hope he wouldn't finish that. Men were men and women were grateful. Right? Yeah. Back in the day, <laughs> you awful human. <laughs> I'm just reciting stuff that I've heard that I've found, found funny. I don't actually believe this stuff. But that, if I believed half of the stuff I said, I don't think it would be friends, Tyrone. That is true. The fact they used to play in cold weather and like rain and snow with no gloves on, it, it does need to be applauded, to be honest. Yeah. Loris is, Loris is a great goalkeeper, but he's no man. No. <laughs> he'd, never wear, he'd never not wear gloves. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't want to say what I'm about to say. Okay, uh, so new fans in coming out. Um, Barry, our designers, sending over the preview pages, I think, tomorrow. Uh, and as soon as they're over, we are going to put up pre-orders, um, which will include stickers, as normal, and an amazing fanzine, all about the players. The glorious, glorious players that have played in the lily white shirt. All about the ballers. You wrote... Shot callers. You wrote... I don't like that word. <laughs> oh, that's why I keep saying it. What... what uh, <laughs> Barney, what did you write about? Goalkeepers. That was it, yeah? Yeah, I wrote about, um, I'm not going to spoil it, by the fucking fanzine, but yeah, I wrote about goalkeepers and how Tottenham goalkeepers have kind of like come to symbolise us over the years. <clears throat> well, we've had some really, we've had a couple of great goalkeepers, but we've had some fucking shit. Yeah. Bobby Mims. 
Bobby, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. I'm trying not to talk spoil, about it. So yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, you mentioned yeah. Bobby It does start with Bobby Mims. <coughs> yeah. Ah, okay. Well, right. that's the... the Robert better be in there. Yeah, of course. But Bobby Mims was when I first started watching football. He was like Spurs' number one. Just, 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 I mean, who, who do you think our best keepers are? Do you think Loris is up there? Loris is the, is the best, but he's not my favourite. Gomez the, is my favourite. He's better than Jennings. Well, I'm not, I never saw Jennings. It's very easy to go back and look at clips and stuff. In my lifetime, Loris is the best, but course, Gomez yeah. is my favourite. Was Jennings the best keeper in the world while he was at Spurs? Because when I was a kid, he was at Arsenal then, and he was regarded as the best keeper in the world. Really? I don't know if what, in his time at Spurs he was regarded as such. Was he sold to Arsenal because we believed these playing days were over? Oh, oh, that's know. what I think. I think... I, I, Fucking wrong there, weren't they? Either we gave him a derisory offer and just said, oh, fuck you. It must have been tricky because he, he obviously considers himself a Tottenham man, and um, he's loved by both sets of fans. So it's just weird, isn't it? He's such a nice man. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So by the fanzine, when it comes out, pre-order it because it helps us keep the fighting cock going, and you get something very nice in return. No foil covering this time because that um, wasn't as profitable <laughs> the, <laughs> la- the last episode at all. The last issue. Um, it's five years to the to the day that Bow on the twentieth on the twentieth. Oh, when this comes out, sorry, yeah. Uh, five years to the day that Bale scored his hat-trick in, uh, in Milan. The yes. game that we lost, but morally we won. Yeah. The uh, best defeat ever. It was. It was amazing. You, you, we, you were there as well, right? We were there, yeah. yeah. We were in the San Siro. Your memories? Uh, my memories of... It, it was a really kind of... Um, I wasn't expecting for, for, obviously, them to be 3-0 up in, like, 20 minutes or whatever, but one of the things that kind of sticks of me to this day is when I know they do it at uh, the swamp over there where they kind of the stadium announcer says the first name and then the second name the, the fans repeat it yeah, yeah. and it was almost kind of like um, it was it was like I, I don't want to say like well I'm, g- I'm going to say it, it was like a, a kind of a Nazi salute of, <laughs> of uh, looking around the stadium and it was like and the score is Samuel, Echo! And, 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 awesome. and all the hands are going, Echo! Echo! And I remember. Awesome me, yeah. I'm pretty sure they weren't doing the Nazi salute. It, it, they were doing a salute. Bardi, do you want to explain this neo Nazium? No, I, I think Ricky's lying. <laughs> <laughs> my, my memory of that game is um, just holding my head because I had a really bad singing headache. I suffered from these. And I've, I've seen I, it I find, yeah, I find that I, what relieves my singing headache is to crush my head with my with the palms of my hands and that kind of relieves the pain in my brain and it worries me a little bit each time it happens that I'm going to have a hemorrhage because uh, my brain's swelling because I've been singing so much with so much fucking pride <laughs> that I got a, ha- a brain hemorrhage because of my pride for Tottenham do you remember I'd quite like to go out that way if I had to go that wouldn't be a bad way to go do you remember when, when the draw was made? Because, um, I mean, you know, we've all got to the prison. We were all at work at the time. Mm. We were all thinking, you know, who can who, who can we draw and what pot are we seated in? And there were a lot of people who kind of like Inter Milan. I don't know why. There seems to be a lot of Inter Milan fans out there. And when we drew, I just thought straight away, yep, I'm on the plane, I'm going to go regardless. Yeah. I didn't. I knew I wasn't going to have enough loyalty points, but I went anyway. And I got a ticket for £10, I think. Mate, we were all over the place. We I, we had 15,000 spurs. I reckon I might be exaggerating a little bit, but there was fucking... There was a shitload. Yeah. I, was, I was in a neutral area. I presume you might have been too. And it was just it was Yeah, amazing. I was on the right-hand side, but there was around us, there was at least 500 to 1,000. I, I was right behind the goal. But and, like in the, in the gods. And we're singing constantly. And you think that wouldn't be tolerated, I don't think, maybe, in most grounds. What, what are Inter Milan like as a, as a club? How are they seen? 
I know they were digging out Juve at the weekend. Um, they're, they're, they've always been like kind of losers. They've they've had a loser tag for quite a while. That they've always um, people would like take the piss out of you if you if you support Inter because they had like the the great Inter of the of the sixties. Flapping freak, aren't they? Yeah, but and they've had they've come and gone, but they've always been that team that could have done something but always fucked it up. Mm. And um, you know now they. Yeah, even now this shit again Mourinho we got him after Mourinho had left so Benitez Mourinho Benitez, taking yeah. him back there and then straight away you saw when Benitez took over they crumbled straight away I remember as well there was a there was a guy walking down the aisles and he was like you know like a, in a in American baseball where they've got the crates oh, yeah. on top of them strapped to him and he had popcorn Coca-Cola nuts and stuff like that and then he had this red bucket that was clipped to his to his belt and he had like lo- lo- loads of these bottles in his bucket, and we're like, "Mate, what's that?" And he goes, uh, "It's a uh, uh, sambuca." <laughs> we're like, "You got a sambuca in your bucket?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yes." And we're like, "Right, six, six sambucas." <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I went to watch a football match in Colombia, and they actually like put drink into like plastic bags and seal them, and uh, the vendors put it down their pants, and they'll take it out, and you buy one, and they'll throw it to you, and it's a little kind of plastic bag full of liquid you just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like those kind of energy shots you see the players do. Yeah. I've got so much to thank Colombia for but that, I've got to go over and watch a, watch a game, of, uh, game of football if that's the case this reminds me of Case when he was uh, up north I think it was Stoke and they were selling these cartons like milk cartons full of cider it was this cider no, they were milk bottles milk bottles yeah. full of cider selling them in the pubs for people to yeah. go to the game with I quite like that that's yeah. kind of like traditional yeah. alcohol comes in cartons in <laughs> it comes in a carton you, you cut the top off it and you pour it like you pour cheap orange juice into, into cups it's oh brilliant my God. milk comes I'm, in bags it's all, it's all I'm going there's no, there's no there's no argument about it I'm going to Colombia I'd be dead, but I'm everything going. you're trying to get, anything that you're trying to buy has alcohol in it. So you go there, you bite into a pie and shit loads of vodka. <laughs> it's just everything. Or buck fast. <laughs> All right, and um, the Atlantic Bar in Chicago is trying to win the NBC Best Bar Award. A few of the Chicago Spurs were on the podcast recently, late last season, wasn't it? And uh, it's a regular haunt. So anyone in Chicago who uh, wants to watch Spurs, whether you're on holiday or you live there and you support Spurs, go down to their pub, which is the Atlantic Bar. I'm going to make it my mission one day to go there. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of Spurs out you, there. You went out there, didn't you, buddy? In New York. I went oh, to the um, O'Casey's in New York. Okay. How was that? That was really good. Different, yeah. man. Cause... And they're going to give Atlantic Bar a run for their money? Um, I actually think they've moved. I think the oh, cases has closed down. Spurs ended it. I don't think they've moved somewhere else. If you're going to New York, hit up Brooklyn Yard to find out any details about where to go. Wicked. All right, so let's talk about Liverpool. My instant reaction was that it, it was it was about what I expected it to be, given the the kind of commotion around Plop, and um, you know it was unbearable at times. So, for me, um, kind of, you, you're reading the you're reading the the game previews, and I saw Poch saying, you know, that, that they've got a new manager, they've got to be, they've got, to be, you know, up, really come at to, come to Tottenham, be, be playing really aggressive, getting our faces, and then Poch was saying, you know, we expect that, and we've got to be, we've got to match them with aggression, we've got to match them with our pressing. We're the home team, yep. you know. We've got to take it to them within the first twenty minutes. I was like, "Fucking hell, man! We have got our backs against the wall." And um, one of the things that, that that I found quite frustrating is that 
as soon as we had the ball, then we'd lose the ball and it'd go straight to Liverpool again and then they'd come at us again. And then after when we had the ball, it was like pump the ball forward and then it goes straight to Liverpool and yeah. the second balls and like, you know, they were winning everything and pushing forward. And I was like thinking this is only a matter of time before that ball goes in the net and then they hit the bar. Yep. And it kind of, we, our, our nerves started to settle and we started to get a foothold into the game. Then after we got that foothold, it was like we, we took control of that second half. And it was like, kind of like, I'm not a huge boxing fan, but the boxing analogy where someone goes in steaming and then afterwards they, you know, is it punch themselves out yeah. or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, it happens often with big punches. Uh, and, then, and then the other person comes back in and then... When it got to the second half, uh, like, I didn't want that whistle to blow up because I knew we were we were on the offensive then, and I, I thought we would have got, definitely gone on and got that goal. Ricky just nailed the whole game in like forty-five seconds. Yeah, yeah. nice roundup. Yeah. forty-five minutes. Fucking <laughs> hell. Let's hear from Wendy. But I I thought it was it was unsustainable because they were pressing like they used to press when they had Sterling, Sturridge, and um, Suarez up front. And you knew, just looking at the state of their midfield and their strikers, they, they couldn't keep it up. It was just a question of Spurs holding out and putting up with their bollocks and then eventually they fade and then we should have taken our chances. And if we'd taken a couple of our chances in that first half, second half, they would have tried to do the same thing again, but it well, would never have happened. In my opinion, they had one ch- one chance. That, From a corner. And that, that, and that can happen at any time. Yeah. And he should have scored and he hit the bar and whatever. My, I, I was looking at it, and it was impressive. The first 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, Liverpool were unplayable off the ball. It, they we were panicking out of Ereld, and uh, Vertonghen were forced to be, play quick football, which isn't what they're used to. They like to pick out passes at length and um, you know try and try and carve opportunities out from the back. I, I, I actually thought of it and thought, this is really naive of Klopp, which is not what I thought... I would be saying is that anyone, any team in the world, can come out and say you've got to press everything, you've got yeah. to run as hard as you can and work. Spurs could have come out like that, and I think actually, as soon as they when when I when they hadn't scored, I thought well Spurs have got this because they're yeah. fucked now, and it was actually naive I think of Klopp to just go out there and do that and expect a team that isn't trained to do that. To, 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 to be able to perform at that level. And I, I, they could be running marathons every day for the next year and not produce 90 minutes of that pressing football. It's impossible. It's impossible. So what did he say to them? Did he say, go out and chase everything and, and, and we'll nick a goal or something? I mean, it, it, just seemed, it seemed like a, a novice, something a novice culture would do. And then I was thinking, well, why ain't Spurs pressing? And Pochettino re- realises that this is a game played over 90 minutes, not 20. If... If if you kind of like uh, like you're saying if 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 they did sustain if within that twenty minutes and they did inflict a goal or even a second goal then the game would have been that's it the game would have been kind of effectively yeah. over spirits would have dropped so that is a tactic so but it's um, quite a risky one oh yeah completely and they, they I mean we had the better chances it's like we it, could have scored two in that in that in that spell and, and G had a, a a good effort to be fair to him with the outside of his boot Kane went through he probably should have done better with that but it was quite difficult. For them, it was kind of like um, a, a one-off game. So obviously, the, the game to impress the coach and to get his ideas across. But then, for that one-off game, it's not going to be sustainable throughout the season. Them, them doing that, or or, ju- or, or just minutes. or just going for like every single game, first twenty minutes, playing at that intensity. But um, yeah, if if they would have got got a goal or two goals, it could have been very very different. I think it's very odd them getting rid of um, <clears throat> Brendan Rodgers when they did. 
um, in the sense that um, in the sense that to bring in something like a pressing system, to bring in, in a team halfway through the season or even a third of the way through the season, is just not practical for reasons that Flav has covered. In that um, you can't maintain that intensity for a whole night. So anyway, enough about Liverpool fight them, mm. but. We missed Derek Dyer, and before the game, a lot of our fans had concerns. You know how we're going to do without him. Dembele comes in, and he actually played quite well. But I as he did ever, very, very well. As as ever, he this, the, 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 Dembele's best games, a lot of them, not all of them, seem to be in games that we either draw, games that we draw, just maybe win narrowly. I mean, he played against. I think he played for Fulham against Man U. I think it might be his last game for them, and that was nil nil. His best game for us has been a nil nil. And that kind of sums him up to a degree, that he's not hurting him. I think it being a little bit unfair on Dembele because I thought he had a lot of work to do and I thought he did it well and I thought it was probably his best performance I've seen him play for Spurs since he lost Sandro. He went back to that old school Dembele where... I've not disagreed with any of that, but we didn't win. But, but Dembele's not in a role where he should be killing teams off. He was so he was deeper and he was giving he was building a platform for our players. The I've the fault of this game lies with our front three and Kane. Well, that's, the reason, Tony, yeah. that's the reason why we not because of Dembele. He wasn't there to make the winning game contribution. He was there to ensure we didn't lose it. The amount of balls that he, he was running after, winning back the possession, tackling um it it was incredible really. I I, I thought he did, he did ten. What? He did ten of those. Is that did good? He? That's good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, he, he, he was uh, he was superb. And <laughs> he did ten of those. So that's what I go with. And uh, as well, when, when kind of the, when they were putting a lot of pressure on us, a lot of the balls went to him, whether it was a good pass or bad pass, and no matter what, he controlled it, got himself out of there, and laid the ball off, and it was just kind of. For me, I, he was a man of the match for me. He was absolutely brilliant. I think it was between him and Alderweireld, but the, the, I, I was massively impressed with them. I really like Dembele, so I can't say too much because people accuse me of having an agenda. I don't like him, but he was brilliant. I, I mean, I, it's a really cheesy football manager word to describe him, but he was dynamic. Yeah. He did deserve to win man of the match. I'm not, I'm not doubting that at all. But um, I thought that he had a good game individually, but I don't think he... In that position, if you have a good game... You've got to raise the game of the people around you. Now, you can blame the three behind Kane, because I don't think any of them covered themselves in glory in, in, the, in the sense that they didn't really support him that well. Um, Kane was a lot, was isolated a lot. I remember Bardi being upset long spells during the game because um, Kane would either shoot or just not pass. But some of that some of that was kind of mitigated by him not really having the support there, not, not people running beyond him. And I want to say this until he comes back into the team, but Son... We miss him so because Son's got the energy. Son runs beyond him, and he would be in a in a position where Kane would put the ball in. But Ericsson and Jai and Demela, they weren't running beyond him enough. I think the three and Jai had the uh, had the better game. I don't agree. I know you're not you're not a big fan, are you? As you've it's, covered in the past, it's not so much. I'm not a big fan of him. I mean, I know we've been saying we can't call him raw, but a lot of in terms of uh, in terms of English football, I think he's still coming to grips with it. Of course, but, he is. But earlier, early on, he had that chance, and that kind of that kind of raised his tail a little bit. Mm. But after about the one hour mark, he kind of tailed off. Yeah, after, he did. He did, and, and the shot from range was, uh, was no, he did. A, a peach. He he, sh- he shoots early, and that's that's a good thing. <laughs> Not always, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, has he got any kids? <laughs> um, Probably. 
<laughs> what? Um, when when he first came on the first ten minutes, it was absolutely unreal. He was fucking awful. I thought I was like fucking hell, man. What is going on with this guy? And then uh, every pass he was so scrutinised so much that every pass he made, every movement, everything he did was just fucking shit. I can't remember, I can't <laughs> remember I someone like, having a ten minutes uh, like that bad before. Uh, giving the ball away, and it was really bad. But I said it. Previously, with the, the reason why we bought uh, Son and uh, Clinton, um, <laughs> is that these players play off the defender's shoulder. So if you put the ball into space, they have the pace uh, to run onto it, and they're very, you know, quick at making these decisions. Um, but a lot of the balls he was getting was that the defenders were in front of him. When it came to him, he didn't really know how to react, mm. um, and then he would he would kind of like it was an off pass or wasn't really doing anything and then when he did get the chance and he and he nearly scored the outside of his boot that was a ball put through to him and then he ran on and mm. the rest is history really I've been criticising him for using his right foot uh, said that he kind of telegraphed his shot to the keeper um, Owen's a penis come on man <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was good effort, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm 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 not going to telegraph this shot. What does that no. mean? Well, the way he shaped his body and used his, he used his right foot. Yeah, he, he kind of sent it, the keeper knew by the shape of his body where the ball was going to go. Uh, okay. Um, but it was it was a good effort. Redknapp, on the other hand, the font of football knowledge said it was you know he did well. He could have swung at it with his left, and it could have ended up wherever. He In went, my face, it would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played the percentages outside the right boot, and he had a, he had a go. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I've never used my left foot, but I would have gone with the right outside of the right as well. Yeah, but you also run around the ball to save it, so you don't have exactly. to dive left. <laughs> You're not an authority on this. <laughs> yeah. But he's here to have an opinion, and that's his opinion. <laughs> exactly. So leave him alone. I'm sorry, that was me. But um, the thing is, you, if, I think this substitution, when Chadley came off and they put on uh, NG, it kind of makes it clear that it's... Chadley or NG or Lamello or Townsend because you would have thought Townsend for um, Chadley would have been an obvious kind of substitution. I was surprised that NG came on. So but yeah. it's kind of clear that Pochettino doesn't see him as a left as a left winger. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, do you think the? Uh, this is a question from Danny Ratcliffe on Twitter. He says, "Do you think Alderweireld uh, to Vertonghen? Do you think Alderweireld and Vertonghen are similar to King and Dawson, i.e., so good it makes him look like a better defender?" I think I think that's really harsh on Vertonghen because he was good the first season and to be a good centre back it's not just about you being need someone with you. Yeah, it's not it's not an individual role. It's not like a striker where you're good on your own. If you're a great centre back and you're playing alongside a donkey, you're going to look like a donkey half the time. Somebody gave us that about Alderville. I don't remember exactly, but he's considered the least amount of goals during a period which he's been in the Premier League. So there's something in that. And what Daniel Ratcliffe has asked, I think there is there is probably a bit of truth in that um, Alderweireld makes Vertonghen a better player because he definitely looks a lot better this year. He's a little less unsure of himself. So. I think Alderweireld is a better... He looks a better player than he was at Southampton but some because played, he's got Vertonghen next but, to him. They, they've got a, there's a symbiosis between them. They work well together and you do need partnerships. And, and you think about the best defenders in the world and they've always had a, a decent player next to them, Franco Baresi. I was going to say Cannavaro and, and Nesta, or even look how good Cannavaro and someone like Matarazzi when they won the World Cup, how good they were together. Yeah. Probably more than Jack Charlton, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it, it, uh, a, better, a better example, uh, it was a good example to use in the question, Dawson uh, uh, and, King. and King, but 
King and Woodgate, two great defenders together. And you can't deny how good Vertonghen and Alderweireld have been with Dyer in front of them, but they were good at the weekend as well. Um, I'm really excited. I, I, I don't get excited by defenders. They're quite boring, by and large. Um, I want to see 10 goals in the game, not nil-nil. But uh, that was obviously the perfect... Was it the perfect game in Italy? Yeah, nil-nil, nil-nil, yeah. But the two of them, when they played together, they understand each other so well. There was one moment where <laughs> the ball went long, Origi was chasing it, and you could see he just had a little glance at um, all the real world. And in that kind of split second, they just knew each other. It's like almost like lovers. They knew exactly I where... I reckon they go home and, and shag each other's girlfriends. You know? <laughs> 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 and they video it. <laughs> 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 Just loads of doggies the whole time. Like. <laughs> Tower of London. <laughs> Tower of London. Yeah, Eiffel Tower in That's the Eiffel Tower. I think the Eiffel Tower was like some sadomasochistic shit. That's two, two, two pillars. Yeah. <laughs> Tower of London. So scared of T, I didn't call him up on it. I just, I just accepted it. <laughs> Chains and belts and <laughs> be- beef eaters. Cat and nine tails. <laughs> And crows flying around the front room and <laughs> beef eaters in the corner. <laughs> You've killed Vicky. <laughs> beef eaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, both, they're, both, they're both dressed up as beef eaters. Well, let's not do this again right away. Fucking hell. Focus, focus, focus. All right. Um, yeah, so, um, I, I mean, what, what did you think of the two? I mean, they're... They, they have been um, superb yeah, to round up this section. I think they, they haven't really been tested yet against a big physical striker. They've done quite... Lukaku. They... Oh, yeah, in yeah. your face. Shut the fuck, fuck yeah, up, shut buddy. The fuck up. And, and against uh, Aguero. Aguero. But he, he was a little bit kind of crippled when they played against him. Yeah. He was scared. Yeah, probably. Because of them. Um, During the game, sorry, because I, I thought Bardi was doing the, the roundup to finish this bit off. But he didn't do it. Well, no, it, it went just got like, shut down. Yeah, um, <laughs> with Walker's injury in the second half, I was surprised that Poch didn't substitute because he looked fucking injured. <laughs> he did, but then he was all right. <laughs> it was like running like, and then Liverpool on the counter attack, and Walker was like literally dragging his foot behind him. And I was like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. And then he, he stayed on. But I didn't know how injured he was. Another good game, I thought. Yeah, it was. He had a dodgy first twenty minutes when yeah, they were targeting yeah, yeah. him. You could see yeah. they were targeting. Uh, but all the defence had a, a dodgy, you know, inverted. But it comment. was miscontrols as well. A couple of times he let the ball roll. He had a fucking good game, all right. After that, he had a good game. All right. But it's um, it's interesting we're talking about Alderweireld and that um, he's improved walk. He's improved Walker a little bit as well, and that. Um, He's that much of a common influence. He speaks to um, fellow defenders, and Walker has looked a lot better as well this season. And I, I, think I don't think you can overestimate the influence of Toby Alderweireld. Yeah, because last season he had either Dyer, a complete novice in that position, yeah. or fucking. Or Vertonghen and Shatner, everyone Frankenstein. else. Frankenstein. Or Fazio. Yeah. You know, or Cabal. You know, I mean, it's, it is about the players you have, and, and we've got a, a quality defence. Still and, needs to do more going forward, though. He needs who? to Walker. He needs to improve his final, well, final ball crossing. I, I think we've decisions. seen what we're going to see from him going forward. I don't think there's much else. You think that's it? Yeah, I think, so, I think that's yeah. it. I, well, I mean, if if we're, if we're talking about Walker, I'd, I kind of uh, would like to see him have a more kind of. I know he's got to get forwards. And that's part of the game, but uh, his judgment of when to get forward and how far forward to Walk go. Walker's the kind of bloke that bumps into lampposts when you're walking down the street. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's the one that. B- 
that's that. You know, we've seen what we've seen from Walker. You know, he's the geezer that walks into lampposts. And when he was a kid, it was radiators. You don't think he's got the next Danny Danny Rose level? He's not going to pick it up anymore. I, yeah, I want to say yeah because I, you have faith. I have faith in Pochettino in that respect. But um, if it, I don't know, mate, I, mate, mate, look, I, we've been proved wrong so many times about players. Yes, it's put, not like <coughs> I'm just not, not have a guess or something. No, I've, I've been burnt in the past. <laughs> Actually, I'm coming. Oh, no, I, I, I think I've been right mostly about things. <laughs> one, <Harry> Kane. <laughs> <laughs> but, one thing I wanted to uh, to speak to you about is uh, corners. Ericsson, free kick taker, fucking immense. Get to a corner, can't beat first man. No, I, dis- I, I disagree with this because if you Go look, if you look at the Premier League, <laughs> the majority of the goals are scored by near posts. Mm. So you've done about that. We scored <laughs> Dyer. Uh, all the real world's goal against City was near post. Dyer's goal Facts. against Stoke that was, wasn't a corner. But I'm still talking about near post areas. Near post is where all the goals are coming from at the moment. You attack the near post and there's a fine margin between hitting that first man yep. there to protecting it and hitting the second man. So I don't mind. Keep going People, people are acting like corners are a, a, like a, yeah. a chance to score. It's not a hockey not. shot. Of course corner. they're a fucking chance to score. But, yeah, but in, in the same that every touch in the opponent's half is a potential chance to oh, score. That's a ridiculous thing to say, <laughs> saying that. What I'm saying, the chances of scoring a corner are very small. <laughs> Yeah, so to criticise no, no, a, a, a no, corner... No, no, What? Do you know 3% of corners are scored? 3%? Yeah, I can't remember. people what... can't beat the first man. <laughs> so don't go in the box, that's why. It's a Put question... in the fucking box. It's a question of hitting Put the mixer. Zone. No, no, because if you're hitting the mixer, you're off the, the danger zone is that just behind that front man. And to beat that front man is really difficult. But Paulinho... Well, it's the not, Tottenham legend. It's not hard to beat the front man. <laughs> the, the Tottenham, it's, it's the Tottenham legend. Happened, yeah. He used to put corners into an area instead of whipping it in like Ocean does. Yeah. Paulinho. And his corners actually weren't bad. Yeah. Because he's put in, he put it into an area, into the mixer, as we just said, and it worked out. But yeah, but putting then, it into the mixer is exactly what you're saying. You, you're just relying on chance. If you hit that front man and you hit the first person running in at pace, that flick. It's funny you should say that because. We defended fucking dog shit from corners, and if Liverpool had any common sense, they'd have taken. They'd have tried to win a lot more corners. I'd like toe punch it off Walker's shin, get another corner. Because we were, our defending was terrible. I mean, the first two, three corners we conceded was the same thing. Near post, they win that header, and then the second one. And see, that's what I mean. So, hit that near post. You hit the near post. It's a very difficult thing to do, but if you hit it, the chance of scoring increases. And how about that greatly. fucking ref, eh? What the fuck was he on? <laughs> <laughs> fucking cock. Who, who got Schumacher? Milner was, should was have been sent off with him Rose. bloody. Oh yeah, a second. <laughs> yeah, that, that that challenge on Rose is pretty bad. Mil- like, Milner was just fucking. He was just hacking for the for fun. Oh, do you know? You know? You know? Uh, <laughs> do you know? You know? Klopp's lost it already. Milner apparently is a complete footballer. Yeah. <laughs> He's got everything. Let's <laughs> um, we'll talk about Harry Kane. Let's yeah, talk talking about defending sort of crosses at the near post. Um, talk, Harry Kane, um, who sliced one in against wherever it was, Swansea. Is it? Uh, Cunt flicked on Reddit, which is possibly the greatest name of all time, if you like crude humour. Uh, it says, what is wrong with Kane and what's your solution to the problem? Get Eileen Drury to go to Harry Kane's hotel room and faith heal him. What, you think that's the issue? He's, he's not confident, he's lost his confidence. Right? Just give him a, give him a, breathe a word of prayer, put your, put your hand on his forehead and all sorts. But I'll see you later. Out, demon! <laughs> exactly. But, um... No, I mean, as, as I keep saying, I think he needs... He does need a bit more help up there. He did seem isolated in the last couple of games. 
But he's had the chances though, to be fair. He has had the chances, but he has worked hard. He's worked the defenders hard. He's this season he's he's a lot more marked man. Every team he faces Tottenham, they're they're planning to be like, how do we stop Kane? And Kane's gonna have like two, three players on him and he's got to adjust to that. But I don't think he's I don't think he hasn't contributed. The fact he's not scored is obviously a worry, but he's not he has contributed to the general play of our team, so I don't think it's a massive concern yet. My my belief of Kane is he's lost his instinctiveness. He's forgotten how to just do things, react, and how to how to score and how to hit the ball quickly. My beef with him passing wasn't to do with him shooting. It was because he should have shot, then he didn't shoot. Then he should have passed, he didn't pass, and then he shot and he was blocked. He needs to do, like like if you watch what Jamie Vardy's doing at the moment, he's not even thinking about the goals he's scoring. He's getting there, he's one touch, and he's hitting it. Yeah, but he's, Kane, he's, he's not heavily marked, though, is he? He's no, not really a good example. He's, but he's it's Jamie fucking Vardy. He's doing it quick. He's getting the ball, and one touch, he's either shooting or laying it off. Kane at times he was getting the ball and you could see he was thinking about having a shot but he didn't do it and then he went looking for the pass no support but last season he would think about it and shoot but this season he thinks about it and skirt all and whoever's on him mi- no, 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 no but people are on him quicker now last year he was without even thinking about it the, go- the goal against Palace for example away he got the ball before he shouldn't have shot there because there's so many people does he need to think about what he's doing or not think about what he's doing the problem with Kane is when he starts thinking about stuff he needs to stop thinking about it and just let the force flow through Great, he needs another lamppost bumper <laughs> I th- I think Kane is a good player, but he needs to just get back to fucking basics. But the problem good, is, he is a good player. problem is we don't have an alternative. Rick, he, again, I, I think uh, I think he's playing really well, and I think he's just been quite isolated up there on his own. A lot of the balls get lumped up to him, and he's got, he's got to kind of work his magic, and he's got to take his chances when he can. But I think kind of the the wider players. I mean, Chadley wasn't there, but it was uh, Clinton and Lamella that are supposed to be providing a service or either dragging defenders out wide to give Kane the space. And with Lamella, I kind of get this, you know, I'm, I'm going to get dug out on this with, no, with, the, with the Lamella no. thing. But Go on. Lamella, he's, yeah, he's been playing brilliantly. He's harassing people. He's getting the winning the ball back and his tempo throughout the whole 90 minutes, yep. um, chasing everyone down. But... When you have a player that you bought for, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Fucking but, forget about his... All right, all right I'm saying it doesn't matter. But, like, you, you buy an attacking player um, that I, I would expect for him to be taking players on um, or or doing whatever, creating the space. Every time he got the ball and he had a, somewhere to run, he was looking to go down. He was looking for someone to make that contact that he would win a, a free kick instead of trying to beat that man draw another defender out and then laying it off to Kane. So I'm not saying it's it's down to it's Lamella's fault, but I'm saying that on on each side I think they could be doing more to support to support um Kane by drawing defenders out of where there's you know, cuz it, it, they're double marking him. They they need to pull, start pulling people out like give him some space. But nothing's changed this season. The support he's getting this year isn't any worse than what he was getting last no, year. I the prob- strongly disagree. I think the support he gets this year is better than he got last year. The difference so it has changed then. The, well, it's not got. It's <laughs> not got worse. Semantics, it's not got worse. You know, the <laughs> problem. The problem this year is not far well, fucking hell. <laughs> it, tell it, brother. Tell it. The oh, problem God. this year isn't the support. The problem is Kane. The difference here is Kane. Kane isn't doing what he was doing last year. Last year he was. Not even thinking about it, just fucking scoring a goal. There's one thing that's massively changed. 
and that's the attention from other teams. It's on, bollocks, on, man. Yeah, no, it isn't. It is the same attention. One of, <laughs> one of the issues. <laughs> one, it isn't bollocks, right? One, one of the issues that came uh, and I've seen is that he's he's link up play is suffering. I know you said that he's, he's still contributing to the team, but I, I think he's contributing less than he did last season. Not even not when he's scoring goals. I'm talking. He will never contribute that much ever again. No, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know, I'm not talking about him scoring goals. He's him running with the ball. His decision making's been off. Um, he's been less successful. He keeps getting caught in possession, and it's to do with the attention. They know how good he is. Potentially, he, he could be again. And the amount of attention he gets means that he's, they, they force errors from him. But he will learn to deal with this. And this is a process of his, his development as a, as a... He's got to start doing it quickly, though. Uh, no, but it's, this is a part of his process of learning. He, he has to go through getting knocked off the ball. He has to le- learn that players are going to be up his ass instantly. And when he does learn that, he will become a better player for it. And Pochettino will get it out of him. Our best striker is actually learning on the job. And obviously, he's, having, he's a novice striker still. Us having to watch it is painful at times. You see the one-on-one year, the Minile. Maybe last season he shoots a second earlier when he scores, but but you know, but, but you know what, what can we do? I think um, I think Son is very very important to Kane's game, and as long as Son is out, we're not going to see the best of them. And the fact that Son scored against Palace and Kane didn't just says it all. I think if if we get Son back quickly, then. We'll improve. Rick and Embody and then we're finished. Okay, at one point I was watching the game and I was like, Liverpool playing with 10 men. Like they, It looks like they're playing with 10 men. But then I realised Skirtle was inside Harry Kane's bum <laughs> and was living inside his body. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, he was manhandling him, arms around yeah. everywhere, legs around like this fucking octopus holding on to him. And, I, and I, I, the, the ref wasn't fucking blown up for any of it, but I was just like, fuck me, man. It was insane. <laughs> you can't, can't do inside that. Hurricane. You can't do that. That's the name of the podcast. You can't live inside people. <laughs> inside <laughs> Hurricane's body. That's <laughs> the... You've got red men going to produce like a, Harry, um, a skirtle butt plug. That's going to be the next thing. Okay, was that the point you wanted to make? No, it wasn't my point, but anyway. All right, we're going to move on. It's been a long first half. Sorry, buddy. Um, We've got Windy now, uh, and then obviously the second half. (laughs) What? Yeah. Windy, about to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players, Dominic Ball played the full match and Nathan Odell was a 59th minute sub as Rangers beat Queen of the South 2-1, Odell were getting the assist for the winner. DeAndre Yedling kept his place in Sunderland's starting lineup under new manager Sam Allardyce, he played the whole match as they lost 1-0 to West Brom. Grant Ward was a 64th minute sub for Rotherham in their 2-1 defeat at Brentford. And Connor Ogilvy missed out for Stevenage. He'll be out for around two weeks with a hamstring injury. Kenny McAvoy wasn't involved in that match either. It's unclear whether that was because he'd been away with the Ireland under-21s. Our under-18s beat Swansea 3-1 on Saturday morning with goals from Charlie Owen, Sam Shishua and Aramide Ote. Kieran McKenna said after the match, I thought the scoreline was probably fair and the balance of play and there are positives to take from the game but to be honest we're a little bit disappointed with the performance. He went on to praise the goal scorers though, saying it's good for Aramid. He's a penalty box striker and his goal was typical of his style with a quick reaction from a shot off the post. 
It's pleasing for him and also for Charlie Owens to get a goal with a late run from midfield, which is something he's been working on. Sam Shashiro as well, he came up with a finish that he's been practising a lot in training. So in terms of our goals, there were some real positives to take. The under-21s had a 3-2 win away at Norwich in a televised match. 16-year-old Keenan Bennett scored his first under-21 goal on his debut and Ryan Loft also scored on his first start at that level. Bennett's and Loft's put us 1-0 and then 2-1 up, but Norwich hit back and it was up to substitute Zenon Stylianides to pick out Anton Walks in the box, his first time finish winning us the match on 81 minutes. Young goalkeeper Alfie Whiteman made a string of saves for the England under-17s as they opened their FIFA under-17 World Cup campaign with a one-all draw with Guinea in Chile. Marcus Edwards played 88 minutes in that match and had a penalty saved, whilst Keziah Sterling was, was an 84th minute sub. England's next match is against Brazil on Tuesday. I have a question from Love the Shirt from the forum, long-time forum user. He says, not sure when you record, but if Wendy can give us an update on Musa Yahaya, he's 18 in December, I think. Can we expect to see him in Lily White when he turns 18? So my understanding on Yahaya is that he's still waiting to be registered by the FA, and that should happen by January. This has been down to work permit issues. I'm told he's a good player, but not necessarily better than what we've already got in the academy. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> in a roundabout way. <laughs> a little bit. No, <laughs> I say foolish because I can see it, man. You are white. I'm anyway, the second half of the Fuck Up podcast. <laughs> 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 I've been, I, was, I thought that's why I stopped talking because that alone. <laughs> you weren't uh, recorded all that way. Not yeah. all of it. I miss your racism. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was an accusation of racism towards Bardi. <laughs> I'm really not racist at all. Man. And you really are white, so it's not a problem. I'm olive skinned, as me and Ricky were saying before. <laughs> I'm eating my bloody fucking topic. Yeah. I'm eating my nuts, man. Um, Andrew Rao is working on something to raise money for homeless people. Basically, he was walking around um, Brighton, where he lives, and seeing loads of homeless people in um, just stairwells. Oh, yeah, just fucking, obviously not having cold and it's getting really cold at the, at the time, at the, at the moment, and you can imagine how difficult it is for homeless people. Um, so he wanted to do something, and being someone who gets shit done, um, he come up with this idea. He's been working on an EP for, must be the last six months, um, when he himself was sort of borderline homeless, um, he was uh, he lived in kind of like converted van, which is essentially like living quarters for himself on wheels. But he kind of I think he kind of it resonates with him a lot because how difficult it was for him at the time. And that, I mean, us as a family will you know welcome him back, but he had studies to do and bits and pieces to do in Brighton. So that's the way he lived for a little while. And he wrote this EP during that time. And um, in st- what he, the original idea w- was for us to produce, for him to produce this EP, and for us to promote it so that he can pay his student fees for his uh, acting course uh, next term. Um, but instead, what he's decided to do is um, give all this money that he's, that we potentially could have raised through the Fighting Cock to buy sleeping bags for homeless people in Brighton and elsewhere. Um, and what we're going to be doing is. Uh, selling his EP in, or, or giving his EP away in exchange for a donation for people and if you think that's a good idea which I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast do then you can donate 
Um, so in the coming months, up until the lead up to Christmas, um, you're going to be able to buy Engine Rail's EP uh, in exchange for this donation. And um, and it's going to replace the calm support that we've been doing over the last couple of years. I'm sure most people get bored of me reading out this. Um, no one ever gets bored of that. Well, I know, but you kind of naturally, it's, it's a human thing to switch off of something you've heard over and over again. So we won't be talking about Calm for the next few months. So this is the last time we're going to do this. Um, although we will still be retweeting their stuff on Twitter and posting bits and pieces on Facebook. Um, but for more information on Engineer Al's stuff, just keep listening to the pod. He's on the podcast next week. He's down in London for a, for a week and he's coming on the pod. So, he's on the pod? Yeah, lots of, people, lots of people keep asking. If, you, if, you have, if you're a new listener, uh, Engineer Al was on the pod and would record with us uh, for the first year, maybe year or two, uh, and then he moved off to do his own thing. He still edits and, as you've heard, does the amazing outros of the, of the podcast. Uh, so he's on next week. He's going to be talking about this, uh, talking a bit about Spurs, and we potentially also have next week a, uh, a, a football agent who manages, uh, manages a couple of uh, young Spurs players, and that's going to be an interesting chat as well. His name is John Doe. He has no name. Uh, uh, why Why would you say that? Secret agent. Secret agent. Did I say secret agent? No, but I'm no, saying it. <laughs> okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, you're not allowed to say his name. Yeah. Are we allowed to say his name? No, no I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough. Well, he's going <laughs> to be a bit weird when he introduces himself from his own name. Oh! <laughs> Name John Doe. Um, anyway, look, the Fighting Cock supports the campaign against living mis- miserably. Twelve men a day commit suicide. It is, in fact, the biggest killer of men aged under 45 in the UK. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm, have a helpline open from 5pm until midnight. The number is 080-802-5858. They have a web chat open from 5pm until midnight. Uh, they have a Calm Zone website which is thecalmzone.net, and the Twitter handle is at thecalmzone. And again, we're not going to be talking about it, but please give them a follow, get in contact. If you have anyone around you that you think might need help, then get them to contact uh, Calm, because it's an amazing, amazing charity. Okay, so uh, I've got a question in from... In what? (laughs) It's a a very long Reddit name. In Chinitas to Chicago. I probably butchered that. Definitely have. He says, with the dire switch to CDM being a fantastic move, are there any other Spurs players you'd like to see uh, or, or you think would excel in a different location on the pitch? It's a tough question because uh, we're, we're not like a, a fully paid up manager of a Premier League football club and we don't play or spend time with each player during the week. Um, I think the obvious one is kind of the idea of Walker being pushed forward, but we've talked about his... Yeah, that's his, not, that was a Tim Sherwood idea. Attacking prowess. And we saw what happened against Chelsea when yeah. he was... Yeah. It was horrendous, wasn't it? Any other players you got? Any other ideas? I think Diet, I mean, uh, Rose potentially <coughs> could be pushed up the pitch. But well, Spurs, he was, and he was rubbish. Really. Spurs this season have committed 133 fouls which is the most in the Premier League, and 18 of these have been attributed to Eric Lamella. This is a stat from whoscored.com, and yeah. Ben McAleer gave this to me. Yeah. So I reckon we could move Lamella into like a kind of enforcer role, because he was a little bit dirty on Saturday. He can kick people. He's quite spiteful, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's got a bit of spite to him. So maybe move him alongside um, Diane, push Ali. Forward, I really don't forward. want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the thing is, we have to come up with something, so that was my idea. So. Well, we could just say I've got nothing, and then move on. No, not just nonsense like that. Can't do that. 
All right, Fazio. Let's play Fazio. Centre forward. No, fucking bury him in the mid, in, in the, under the pitch. <laughs> I reckon yeah. Fazio in 1985 could have been a top line striker. Yeah. In English football. Well, Andy like Booth a, made a career out of being like a Lee Chapman kind of a guy. Yeah, Lee Chapman, um, Keith Edwards. I'm going a bit abstract now, but yeah, yeah people like that. Never heard of him. Can you stop mentioning Brian? No, I'm going to keep doing it every fucking week. <laughs> Someone could at me on Twitter and say, I've heard of him, and they'll know. Keith Edwards? Because in the 80s, he, he was a top scorer for all, all leagues. Was he? Yes. Owen Archdeacon. I remember we played for um, Aberdeen and Watford. Fuck you, mate! <laughs> Give me another name! <laughs> Fuck you! Let's get some... I don't play football managers, so it's not even that. I just, I just know. That's oh, ridiculous. my God. Because yeah. I, I only know Owen Archdeacon. I used I to play Celtic, too. You used to play play-by-mail? Yeah, play-by-mail, yeah. Play-by-mail. Yeah. There was adverts in the back of Shoot and Match. That what? if you wanted a team, so you'd, you'd send off for a team in um, to these these companies that run this game, and they'd send you off these um, uh, transfer sheets, uh, team sheets, and you'd have to fill them in. So you'd get your team sheet, who plays, their rating, how good they are, and you'd fill out your team sheet. You'd send it off if you did it in the right time, and then they'd put your team sheet against someone else who'd always send their team off. There were leagues and everything. And then um, I realised what a sad little cunt I was. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, yeah, he, he, they would do that and then they'd send you a result back and then you'd do it again the next week and you'd pay, like, £1.50 a turn. That's weird, man. It, I, is, it is weird, but I had Owen Archdeacon in my team. That's how I knew about that. I set up a little business at my secondary school doing that. We played the French League and football manager. Everybody got a team and they had to pay a certain amount of money. And that got them in the league, and then I would print off their team sheets, and they would tell me their transfers, they would tell me their teams. I'd go home that night, input it, charge them 20p a transfer. See, I thought I was sad. And that was, that was making money. I like, how much Soprano money? over I, here, I, man. I bet I didn't get past October. I got really fed up because you can imagine. It's you got, impossible. You got 15 people giving you sheets and dreams <laughs> of like transfers and tactics. And, and I bet they're doing shitloads of transfers every week. Every week, you got to go home and you got to type them all in, try, do it all. Half of them never came through. Was through. it a typewriter? No, no, it was, it was, it was, um, it was my PC, it was my compact Presario, man. <laughs> and doing all that kind of shit. And then after October, I've made like £2 profit when they take away all the printing. <laughs> okay, which player would you like to see on the uh, another area of the pitch? Got anything else? All right, yeah. let's move on. Nice question, but it, it required us to think too much. So, um, yeah, people are people are older, very old, and and that could play different positions, but I don't think there'd be anything really drastic. No. No. Who Duncan could could emulate what uh, Dyer has done in, in defensive midfield? I don't think so. I think Vertonghen's a bit of a hothead on the ball. And I think he's probably better with the whole pitch ahead of him other than part of it. I don't think he's, he's doesn't, he lacks the intensity of Dyer as well. Uh, yes. Okay, let's move on. Um, my mate Jake from the Hope and Anchor, great pub to watch Spurs in. We've mentioned it many times before. He's after tickets for Anderlecht. And I, this is a, a bit of an arsehole thing to do because many Spurs fans want tickets <coughs> for this game. But he's my mate. So um, if anyone has a spare ticket, or at least two, for uh, the Anderlecht game, then um, let us know, because I would say let him know, but I can't spell his Polish surname. I only, I'm only laughing because of the story he had about Janola that week on. Really. Oh yeah, so he <laughs> he was a ball boy at Spurs. <laughs> I spoke to him, he said he's okay for this to say this. Uh, he was a ball boy at Spurs and, and told the other ball boys that to get kind of up in the ball boys' estimations to become lead ball boy in the pack that Janola was fucking his mum. <laughs> <laughs> so he sold his mum out to get a little bit of kudos amongst other ball boys, like eight or nine-year-old kids. 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's boning my mum. <laughs> this is why he must have a, a ticket because the story's like that. Yeah, legendary. So, yeah, he's he's put his own mum's credentials on the line here. <laughs> so if you've got a spare Andalette ticket and um, you've, you're able to give it's it away, or, away, they'll give it away. To, it's to, away. To, it's in Belgium. Your way, yeah. I mean, there'll be fucking hundreds of tickets, yeah. thousands of tickets at the home game. Uh, yeah, so he's flying over there. But uh, get in contact with us at Love the Shirt if you do. Uh, that'd be a great thing. I was going to say, I mean, it's after an international week and, you know, we've got to talk about Anderlecht. I don't think any of us know a great deal about them or their danger players or, or anything as such. The relevance of this game is the um, 1984 UEFA yeah, Cup win, which I don't think any of us has watched Oh! Watched it, watched you're it covering live. yourself. <laughs> See, you're covering yourself. You wrote a running order and you I said, did. what are our memories of the 1984 <laughs> no, Cup win? I no, was fucking no. free. Three years old. Three years no. old. No, 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 no. Just because you're old enough to remember it, don't mean we know this shit. I was seven. Fuck off. You can. You watched the game. No. Yes, you did. I did not. He was there. Speak, speak. You was mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> I um. My earliest Spurs memory was um when we beat Oxford, and no, it might have been um, the Wimbledon FA Cup game. In the in the in the eighty six eighty seven season, I don't remember the the, the Anderlecht game. Well, Dave Besson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, what I, what I was saying about the, the UEFA Cup game is that the, when the fixed, when it was first drawn, that was the first game we looked towards. That's why I kind of put... That's kind of, that's no, why no, I kind don't, of mentioned don't it. Don't get me wrong, it's a major part of our history and, and to not talk about it or not think about it, then, uh, you know, it, wouldn't sh- it would show us as lesser Spurs fans if we don't know about that game. Rick, tell us what you know about that game. <laughs> What, against Anderlecht? Anderlecht, yeah. Um, Tiny Parks. Oh, he's pulled out of bounds. He's telling about stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Tiny Parks uh, saved the last penalty. And uh, my memories from that game of the clip of highlights of him diving to his right, palming it, and then sprinting away straight away. Do you know know who he saved? Against uh, Good Johnson's dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I was going to say it was an Icelandic guy. Yeah. Didn't know his in though. But do you know Frank Arneson played in that game? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. And who else? Enzo Schifo. And he had him in your locker. Enzo yeah, Schifo. Um, but talking about... Spurs tried to sign Italian. him once. Who's Italian? He's oh, Belgian. He's Belgian. Belgian. Italian. Belgian. Born in Italy. Oh, Belgian. mate, you can't Italian claim parents. that shit. That's like us claiming Owen Hargreaves. Well, you got uh, <laughs> Simone, Simone Perotta when he won the World oh, Cup. Oh, fuck you, mate. <laughs> you know Why don't you fuck off? <laughs> in, our, in, our, in our fanzine, of all places, uh, Mota Butcher wrote a very nice piece about that very game. He talks about him, he went with his old man. To yeah, the yeah. And he was on, I think it's on his old man's shoulders as he watched the game. He went to school, went to school the following day, told everyone about the whole game in, in intense detail, because back then football wasn't as sanitised as it was now. So um, Yeah. But... Uh, uh, um, sorry, but about Anderlecht, I mean, that's literally third in the table at the moment, and they won 4 0 against a sixth place team last week, but they're still winless in the Europa League. Well, we, so. sm- we smashed Man City and they were top of the league. Well, there you go. So We're Tottenham Hotspur, we do what the fuck we want. Yeah, they, I, when I mean, we want. I'm looking forward to it because they have a really good young Belgian central midfielder, Yuri Tielemans, I think his name is, who's brilliant. He's got like a thunderbolt shot. He's 18 years old. He is the next big thing. All the big clubs Born are in 1997. So it's, it's, it's going to be really... Make it's gonna ask be, him about the It's going to be good to watch him. Prick. <laughs> it's going to be nice to watch him. And they've also got... Well, it isn't. If it's really good, that, that you're going to yeah, enjoy these performances. The rest of the team sport. is shit. I mean, they've got... Um, oh, God, here got, we go. They've got an Italian up front. They've got Stefano Okaka. Who's like a I from Roma, yeah. Who actually played for Italy recently, and yeah. he's got one cap, one goal. 
I figured it's saying he Penza. Nah, he's rubbish. Really? Yeah. He nah. played for Fulham for a little bit as well. Yeah, nah, he's what? terrible. When we beat Roma 5-0. You know he's going to fucking get out trick now. Yeah, yeah. No, when no, when we beat Roma 5-0, <laughs> he played for Ricky, stop shaking your head. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But yeah, no, um, I think I'll be top of the group. Yeah. 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 So... No, we're, we're in a good position. As I said, Angelette are still winless, so the pressure's on them. We so if, we, if they go an hour or so without scoring then, and we're still in the game, then we can, we, we can do all right. They call it R R S C Angelette. Don't ask what the fuck that stands for. Racing something uh, club? No, R- racing sport R- club. Racing sporting club. Racing sporting club, club Angelette. Yeah, okay, I'll go Bringing that knowledge. Racing sex club. <laughs> Roasting Sex Club. Do you remember where we went to Andalek? Yeah, I have lots of memories from Andalek. I don't remember any of it. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I have lots of memories, apart from the first day you taking me home at half six in the afternoon yeah. to the hotel. You've come all the way to Belgium and you're going to go home. And, and I was like, just have a little lie down on the bench. You'll be fine in the middle of a pub. Um, I also remember, uh, just, just you know, you know in... What's that? Knock down ginger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're supposed to run. <laughs> but we were so drunk, we just did knock down ginger and just stayed there by this door in the middle of fucking Andalus, and then in the middle of Brussels. And a bloke came down and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Fuck, we were supposed to run away, we forgot. What the fuck? And, she, and we, we couldn't find anything to drink, so we were drinking plum brandy. Yes! <laughs> I've still got the plum brandy, I've still got the bottle at home. Was it just you two on your little, having a little day? No, there was, was about 12 of us. Uh, and uh, was in the hotel. We got yeah. very drunk and I was eating croissants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus, man. I, I remember, like, because I, I came came out from my, my stupor of... Uh, Drinking a shitload, and uh, I just woke up to to Flav standing in his boxer shorts, and I was like, "You're right, mate." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he was like, "Absolutely smashed." Then all of a sudden, he t- <laughs> he took his boxer shorts off and threw them out the window, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And then he said, "I better go and check everyone's all right." And he just shut the hotel door, and he was just bowling around the, the hallway. He's going downstairs. Completely naked. And I was ne- making sure everything was all right. And then the next thing, the next thing, he comes up and and he's got a shitload of croissants and he's eating them naked, standing around like, "What are you doing? What's going the, on?" I ch- just for clarity, I chucked the boxes out the window and said, "I don't need those. And I don't need this anymore." <laughs> I remember as well the morning. The morning after, the we were going to the game in the middle by of the this road. Point, and I was like, "Someone's got their dirty boxes on the." Oh, flab, they yours, aren't they? Mate? They weren't dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, full of shit. Let's move on. Um, vi- uh, I've got Bournemouth. Bournemouth away, and no one's made any notes for this game, and I know nothing about Bournemouth other than that uh, there's like a child that manages them. I remember something about Bournemouth because you, when when you did the Palace preview, mm-hmm. you said they might have played for Palace, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, all right. And who's going to marry play for? Bournemouth. And did he score in the last game? Did he? Yeah, he did. Did he score did. the game before that? Really? He's got so a blast. you know something. <laughs> He's got a blast. You know one. something. Did he? So we're in trouble, are we? No, we're not in trouble. A little bit of a What I like about Barney when we're doing this stuff is that uh, it's so conclusive. Yeah. Fiorentina's shit. Yeah. Fucking they, shit. And now they're top of the Serie A. They are, they're really good this shit. They, but they, they are they, doing they, well. They keep selling their best players and they just keep reinventing themselves. 
Incredible. Has anyone got anything to say about Bournemouth? Because I know nothing. I've, I've got a few. Things. Go on, in. Um, hit me. Well, um, I think I mentioned earlier on about the boots and that the injuries that players suffer in, in the modern game. Yep. And I believe two or three of their players have suffered ACL injuries. Callum Wilson being the most famous casualty. Um, Mings. And him too. Oh, yeah, He's, he was highly rated, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It was a record transfer as well. Yeah, he was. And... Um, is it, is it the same injury that they've all suffered? Yeah, I think so. And you know, you get these modern boots, and players get these injuries, and now the in injury is the is, is the ACL. But um, but now I mean, Pat, they've won one in four. They've taken a bit of they took a bit of a shoe in last weekend. I think Ricky, you you tweeted about again, didn't you, about Bournemouth? For yeah, 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 yeah. You, you said they were unlucky. Uh, no, no, the, f- the first twenty minutes uh, that they were unlucky because they should have had a penalty and it wasn't called, and then Man City's first goal was offside, so then that completely sets the tempo of the game that, you know, the, the luck wasn't with them. And if, if they would have got that early goal, things could have been different. If yeah. that goal that should have been ruled offside, things could have been different. But um, as people say, it's a, it's a game of inches. Do you reckon... Um, sh- they're all, shit refereeing decisions. Do you reckon they're all getting ASL injuries because they're... Um, <laughs> ASL. ASL. Fucking MSM over we're saying this as well, like, someone clear it up what, what ACL is. Anterior cruciate ligament. There we go. Arsehole. Cut ligament. Sorry, yes, I'm such a fucking child. General getting these injuries because it's fucking boring in Bournemouth. Like, there's nothing to do there. Quite like so what they're doing is go around just kicking shit. It's quite a nice place. It's got a really nice beach. Yeah. But anyway, if we're not if we're not burying Bournemouth, then we've got problems. I think we're I think they're difficult at home, but I think we're going to do it. A good footballing team. I like their manager. I like the style. I like what he's trying to do, but he hasn't got the right place. I don't like their manager. Everyone likes Eddie Howe. We fucked him off and went to Burnley, and because it all fuck, like fucked up for him, he went. Oh, I'm going to come back. That, that ain't right. That's like sounds like Robbie Keane. Is that like, everyone remembers Robbie Keane as an amazing footballer, and we love Robbie Keane. No one if, remembers him as that. Yeah, but it helps my point. What are you doing to me? I'm deflating. I'm deflecting your point, mate. Don't. And he came. He came back from Liverpool, and then yeah. it doesn't matter anymore because you fucked everything. I didn't, I didn't ruin, ruin his legacy. So yeah, he did ruin his legacy, and that's what Eddie Howe's done. Although you know they he's probably dead, love yeah. him. And he's only. He's only what? Is he 23? He's twenty. 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 Charlie anyway. Parrish likes him, so I kind of like him. Oh, I like anything Charlie Parrish likes. <laughs> 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 can we move on from Bournemouth? Can you do predictions for Bournemouth? Predictions for both games. All right, four uh, nil against Anderlecht. One one. And the other game. One one. Anderlecht. Uh, Anderlecht. Okay. Anderlecht and Bournemouth. So you said four oh, nil for Anderlecht. Oh god, just a stickler, aren't you? Four <laughs> nil Bournemouth. Four nil Anderlecht. Okay. One one Anderlecht and two one Bournemouth. We'll beat Bournemouth two one. Buddy. One one and three one. Um, I'm gonna go one nil Anderlecht. Um, and sorry, that's Tottenham one and then nil, and then two one against Bournemouth. When when Bournemouth played up against City, like, understandably they went four five one, and obviously I think it's setting in now that they're they're going to have to kind of against the top the the, the top half teams that they know their place, strangulate the game, try and get try and get a point against anyone. And I think it's going to be that they're just going to put everyone behind the ball, and I think we're going to be find it very hard to break them down. But I think we'll we'll, we'll edge out winners there. Bard, you got an erection when you said straight. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking, just potch mountain mountain their manager. But I'm just 
There's one thing that no matter how good our defence is, we always think that, apart from Flav, because Flav's predictions are just nonsense anyway, but we all thought that Spurs would concede against Bournemouth, even though that our defence is really good. We still, we're still quite pessimistic. Have we kept a clean sheet away from home? No, we've conceded very few goals this season. Yeah, yeah but away from home, I don't think we've kept a clean sheet. We don't need to, we didn't score four, so... Hands up prediction. Whatever. Uh, Villa, uh, Anderlecht and Woolwich next home games after that. So that's three home games, very winnable home games and can't wait for each one of those. Wait, is Woolwich at home? Or is yeah, that that's a way. That's a way I wrote that wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you made me look like a right <laughs> Anyway, we've, we've all got jobs, but I do, I do think so. All right, let's, <laughs> talk, <laughs> let's talk about lawyer points. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, so uh, there's this issue. Ricky, you've wanted to talk about this for a while because you're a season ticket holder. Mm. And you have... That's like 10 years, mate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've suffered from uh, this new policy yeah. uh, from, from Spurs. I spoke to Charlie Marks, who's been a home and away season ticket holder for many years until he had kids. I think it's a season ticket holder now. Yeah. Um, and he thinks it's the last three years, or last four That's years. Four. All right, last four years yeah. um, since the club have reorganised, essentially. So your, your loyalty points only count for the last four years as opposed to every game that you've been to since the loyalty points were introduced. Yeah. What's your problem? So, I'm not saying that uh, there's a problem, but I'm just saying that, you know, if how, how is your loyalty judged? So, like, your loyalty of going to Spurs and paying for a season ticket for the last 20 years, and then someone comes in that's kind of... Uh, you know, I don't want to say a nouveau fan, but like coming yeah, for the last yeah. l- last four years, and they're going to every game. They're young, energetic, going to every game, home and away, and you know, putting put their putting their time in, which is fair enough. But then, does that does that mean that they that they're a, a better fan, more loyal fan than someone that's been going twenty years? Um, you know, for for whoever long, whoever whoever you are. Um, What's to say? What, what's the difference? Who's more loyal? Who's yeah? Before I come on to you, T, um, this I had a conversation with Charlie today, and I know he has a massive gripe with it because he's like out of all of the fans that I've known in my life, he's gone to more football games than anyone else. Yeah, completely. It's insane. Isn't yeah, it? it is. It's uh, like, we're like we don't. Know, how are you holding down a relationship? No, no, yeah. I, I used to think that back in the day. Yeah, and uh, I he that geezer literally went. Everywhere. Okay. He has a thousand. He has over a thousand. He, he was once in the top two hundred uh, list of loyalty point holders uh, yeah. at Tottenham, uh, and he's not anymore. But um, th- this is what I had a conversation with him on the phone today, and I'm summarising these points. So if I butcher some of these, I apologise, Charlie. This is a guy who's been on the podcast before many times. Uh, he says um, there's a lot of points accumulated when we were shit. Um, you go to Spurs through thick and thin, and that's what loyalty means. It means it doesn't mean just going to the game when it's fashionable. It means going up to Grimsby on a you know to use a cliche on, on a Tuesday night, rainy Tuesday night. He said there's many people selling their tickets to away matches, so they're getting loyalty points and then they're selling them through Twitter or wherever, um, which obviously increases the loyalty point cut off to people that want tickets that can't get them. Uh, it forces fans onto the black market, so i.e. that would be Twitter, but you know more likely you know on the streets outside the Spurs ground or at away matches or whatever. Um, there, there was this issue in Monaco that went to loyalty points, and there wasn't 
a thousand people there. So people bought a ticket to Monaco because it cost sixteen pounds. Kept they're essentially exchanging their sixteen quid for the five loyalty points, which isn't great when you're trying to watch your team. And there's people that would have would have gone would have gone to Monaco, would have booked flights, but they couldn't because they weren't guaranteed a ticket. Uh, he, he says some people just pay the price and, and, and not turn up. He's uh, someone who's decided to support Spurs since 2010 could have more loyalty points than someone who's been going home and away for decades. Case in point, himself, um, who's he's had two kids and, and can't go as much. And it, it's hard to argue against these these points. But and, and I agree with all of them. But there is an, there is another side to it. There is the 16-year-old person. There's that. 21-year-old guy who's just got a job who can now finally, who for the last four years has finally had a job where he can pay for his own tickets, where he can start going to games. And I, I see both sides of this of this <laughs> argument, but there's what about the people that are now got to the point in their lives where they can go to watch Tottenham, where they can start, they've got the money to spend. Why are they are not allowed in because people who've been there for so long eventually everything the next generation and everything is always waiting there I'm, I'm just putting I'm just putting no this out no I, I agree with you completely but I would say that now the, <sighs> I mean we've complained about the atmosphere at White Hart Lane because the the age group is getting older because people are holding on to their seats for longer there's another there's another layer of support there that's a different they have a different way of supporting and everything else but why do they not deserve their chance to start supporting? Just I guess because, because they haven't because paid their dues, and, and, and it's un- but unfortunate. How can you ever pay your dues if the people that have been there for 10, 15 years in front of you keep taking your tickets? You it's not taking season? your tickets, though. They're getting the tickets because they've done everything. They've been oh, there when not, we were shit. Going. But they're not going. They're no, selling no, their no, I mean, no, no, we, we, that's a mass generalisation. Some people are, yeah, not I'm, everyone. Yeah, I'm not saying that. And um, uh, Charlie. Obviously, he wants to get tickets for for Monaco or, or for Anderlecht, which is which was the talking point. We have got nine hundred tickets, and, he, and one of his group of friends got tickets. Uh, and I mean, for, from my point of view, um, I think this is the the tenth. It may even be the eleventh year of being a season ticket holder. Um, and before that, I was just a general member, but I I literally went to every home game before that. Um, and as a kid from like I don't know twelve thirteen went went to those games, and I, I'm not saying that my loyalty is any better than anyone's or I support Tottenham more or anything like that. Well, but it is. What, what, through time served. Well, okay, through time served, yeah. then I still can't go Arsenal away, Chelsea away, West Ham away, like all, all the games that I'd want to through my loyalty points through just having a season ticket, I can't get to and and. And even though that, you know, it's kind of saying, well, maybe you should you should accumulate more loyalty points by going to away games and things like that. But I, again, on that flip side, I have a family, and I, I can't I can't do every single game just to get my loyalty points up just to go to to the games. Um, what my what an idea I've just kind of came to me in the last ten minutes is that. Um, so every season, what points do you get? Because you, you get given an increase, whether it's 20 or how many points do you get? Yeah, it's like around 18 or 20 or something. So maybe it, should be, maybe it should be like incrementally. So if you've been a fan for, I don't know, 10 years, maybe you get 50 points. And maybe if you're a fan for 15 years, you get 
30 points. Maybe that's how they should do it, to kind of award yeah. the time served, because that's that's what it is, really. I mean, I'm a beneficiary of people who don't go to games and people who say, T, I'm not going into this game, you lose my season ticket and here you go. And um, Bournemouth is a prime example. I'm, I'm a beneficiary of someone who's not using their ticket. And I've not been on... Well, I'm talking about in the podcast, I've not been on Twitter saying, oh, my God, I've got a ticket for this game, because it's a bit unfair, because I know people who go to people who are like Ricky's position who go to games week after week at home and their season ticket holders and they've not got a ticket I'm not going to be like oh yeah I've got a ticket because it's, it's it's a little unfair but it, it, there's no fair way cause... I, don't, I don't think there's a, a problem with fans exchanging tickets because if there was it would have a worse situation if, you, if, if fans were unable to exchange tickets then it would be it would be shit it would be I mean most, so many people get tickets from um, from other fans. talking to other fans, and that's yeah. the way it always should be because you can give it to people you like or and face value as well. The face value, and, and then you don't have to rely on things like StubHub. So there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think the issue here is this is something that the club have, have, have enforced, and I, it was kind of alluding a little bit to your point there, uh, T. But the problem here is the amount of time that they're taking into account. Like, don't take twenty, uh, don't take three years or four years. Take ten years. So people that have had moments in their life or, or issues or have had kids or family members dying or they become sick themselves, they can't go to the game. They shouldn't be penalised because that happened in the last three or four years. If you spread it over a, a longer term, i.e. ten years, then it, it's kind of a fairer process. There is an argument, though, that... Um, you know, there was, a, there, was, this, there was a, a kind of elite group of season ticket yeah, holders, holders that, 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 that would get tickets, and it meant that we couldn't get uh, but normal no, fans. I. But you see, you're saying people that can't go now should be let off. But what about the people that couldn't go then? See, you see how you. But, but we, we would. I mean, like if, if, if there is no right or wrong answer to this, if there's, there's no way that well, there, the club the, can solve this. Bit, well, there is by extending it. Right? I'm saying four years is ridiculous because but we, we were in the Champions League in 2010. Yeah. So someone. Someone who joined the club or was interested in 2010, when it's our fucking glory years, when it's easy being a Spurs fan, could potentially be more likely to get a ticket to Arsenal away than someone who went when we were dog shit. They won't have had a season ticket in that season, though. Do you know what I mean, though? It's, it's, there could be... Uh, it is, no matter how you think of it, football is about time served. Fans, it's, it's about time. No, but you're, you're, but, but you're letting off people that can't go now compared to people that couldn't, but you're not letting off people that couldn't go then. I know I know what you mean, and I personally think there, is, there isn't an easy way to to solve this because someone who's been going to the last game, every single game for the last four years, why should they be penalised because they couldn't go to every single game five years ago? I just think four years is a very small amount of time to... Because it, 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 yeah, it's a lot yeah. easier to support Spurs now than it was ten, fifteen years ago. But football's, as as we say every week, football's changed, you know. And um, as as everything, change, you see how much football changes in a week, like, you know, compared to what it changes in four years now. But um, I do think time served has to be rewarded in some way, and. Um, the way it used to be before, with people having like, I mean, Charlie, Marks, Mark Butcher, mm-hmm. and many others have got like, had over a thousand points and they got tickets for every game guaranteed. But um, someone who got a season ticket in 2008 had no chance and they probably went to loads of games before that. So I do think if you, and as, as I said before, to reiterate the idea that if you've served for more than, I don't know, five, eight years, you get a higher bump each season than someone who hasn't. 
somebody's somebody's trying to fall short. That, that for me is the only fair way because um, Ricky being a season ticket holder for in his eleventh season should well, have you, something. You've got a season ticket holder that has shittest time in in recent. Mm. recent when, when was it? When was your first season ticket? Who was in charge? Oh God! Was it was a Santini. Santini. It was Santini. Yeah, it was Santini. Yeah, and yeah. and we we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know Joel was going to yeah. come in after nine games or yeah. whatever it was. So that was and after the pleat. The, the huddle pleat season. Wasn't so it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was Santini. Yeah, so if you yeah. gauge your interest in your club based on success and the likelihood of success, that was probably the worst possible time to buy a season ticket, and you did. Yeah. So it's that, it was kind of got, it got to that point where there was avail- availability, and um, it wasn't that I had the money, but it was just like the opportunity was there that I could sit next to my dad, and we'd, we'd be going every single season. Uh, Every season as members, so it's like the natural progression was to get the season ticket. It's available. Didn't have the money, but you, you know you make the money available, and then you go to the games. And yeah, now I've got two children, and I've got you know a long-term partner, and it's kind of go to every home game. And now I'm in a position where if I want to go to away games, I have to get it from uh, other means. So if I do get that ticket, then the points I don't get the points. If I want to travel away in Europe. I won't get the ticket. It goes to someone. The points go to someone else. But yeah, I'm the one that's flying hotels, all all that kind of stuff, and I don't get the loyalty points for that. Which I, you know, obviously, I'm going to think is unfair. Just to make a very quick additional point. I mean, when we get the new stadium, um, eighty percent I'm going to get a season ticket, and my boy will probably get one because he's in the list as well. Um, if he doesn't, he'll probably be using my points. I'll probably get points off him. And then through that, I'll probably get to go to games. So it's a bit of um, so there there's a further um twist, because when we get a new stadium, there's going to be people who I don't know been a member since, people could have joined today, but the stadium is built, they might be in a position, might be in a better position than most to get a season ticket. So there, there's no real, there's no real fair fair way. Okay, yeah, I mean that that sums it up. I mean we we've been talking about it, and we all kind of think about Spurs on the same page, and yeah. there is no answer. I just I do sympathise with people. Who have been going for a long time and 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 they're struggling to get to games they want to go to because they've put in the time when when Spurs were fucking wank. Yeah. But I also get Barty's <laughs> you get Barty's point that there's there's a group of fans that didn't have the option to go then. I couldn't afford to. So it, it is swings and roundabouts. Um there is no solution, but I do have an issue with the time that the the, the club have, have put on this. So I don't know. We talked about it. Other people solve it. Mm. We never solve anything on the fighting cock. All right, so uh, we've only we've run over again, but we've only got time for one question. Uh, it's actually a two-part question from Galaxy Hero. Is that right? No, it's not. That's, that's that what should we do, T? Yeah. What, choose one. Turkey dinosaurs at yeah. Reddit. You do that one. So what's your favourite chant uh, that don't get sung enough? There's another, another question. <laughs> All right, I like the... Um... Um, we sang in the sun. Uh, we sang in the rain. The thing I love most is being Ian. Yeah, that the, the eighteen eighty two sing that, and they, we sung it in Monaco quite a lot. That yep. was the best part of it. I, I like that yep. because it's kind of it's about something outside of, of what happens on the pitch, and it's a bit, bit different as well. You can't trace it back to oh, another club sung this first. Well, Actually, yeah, oh, no, nah, yeah, you can. It's, it's, I think we nicked it off Liverpool, Man United. Oh, we nick everything. I mean, every, every club does. <laughs> Even the, this Jurgen Klopp, Klopp, Klopp song, Ericsson's and then I'm sure Oliver. we nick. Do 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 do. Do we still? I think that's original. I think that's original. Is it because Mark Butcher sang that? He's the one who sang that about Lennon. We're claiming it. What about you? What, what, any songs that you, um, you think we should sing more? 
It's hard to really say. I mean, um, was it the one on the shelf, the kid on the shelf? I don't know. What's, what's oh, the, um, the, the back when of the When I shelf. was a poor little yiddo. Ah, uh, when I was a poor little yiddo, I stood at the back of the shelf. I'd go to the bar to buy a lager and only buy one for myself, yeah. myself. <laughs> but that was that was a, a, a an adaption of the Arsenal song was, You're only a poor little gooner. Your face is all tattered and torn. Yeah. Yeah, you make that. me feel sick, <laughs> so I hit you with a brick, <laughs> and then you won't cry anymore. <laughs> that is fucking half as harsh as fuck. Maybe we should bring that back at, at in eighty two. That was that's good. But like, that's the song. That's the song I don't hear much, and as a result, I don't really know that well because I hardly hear it. Uh, fa- favorite for mine that I don't hear enough is Hark Now Here. Really? Yeah. yeah See, I, I, love I, it. I can. I love it too. Uh, but it's an Everton song, firstly. Secondly, um, it's quite a difficult one to keep going because it's kind of the different. When, when and no, no one sings the end bit ever. <laughs> when I go to um, when I go to the Emirates, as I'm yeah. going in a few weeks from now, that song gets sung more then than at any other time. But as I've been, as I've, as I wouldn't know, mate. Can't get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Last spot on, and I walked into that one. But, um, that, that's a fixture where I hear that song more than any other game. My favourite song, uh, it's not my favourite song, but I wish it could sung more, is McNamara's Band. But no one knows the words. So yeah, it's but a, it, it's a mouthful as well. It isn't. Um, oh, shit, I can't remember it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cock will sing. Uh, it's the cock will... The cock will crows. The whistle blows, the, the cock, cock will crows, and now we're in the game. It's up to you, you lily whites, to play the Tottenham way. There's many teams in many towns. And some are great and small, but the famous Tottenham Hotspur are the greatest of them all. It's fucking the bollocks. That is the bollocks. If we can get that going. It's four lines. We can do it. another one as well. What's that? But it's not a Tottenham song. You are my Tottenham, only Tottenham. You make me happy yeah. when skies are... because you get la, 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 la. See, that yes, is... La, 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 la. That's quality as well. It's that, very basic and a lot of other clubs sing it, but that's, that's something that's easy to kind of remember. And yeah, absolutely. So Ricky, what's the other thing you ever said? Yeah, I did. You did, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You said, hot no here, you said, hot no here. It's like, Ricky, I I've had a rum. I don't know what the fuck you're saying, Ricky. I've had a rum. What about the second part? The second part is, what is your least favourite chant that gets sung all the time? Come on, you Spurs. Stand up if you hate Arsenal. Fuck, I I really don't like that song. I like anything that expresses our hatred for them cunts. No, because I I I really don't like it. And uh, once or twice I heard it, somebody sing the... um, the Jack Wilshire. What do you think of Tottenham? Oh, no, that is... When that, some people start singing that about Arsenal, I just want to punch people. Pencil in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. If you if you replicate any song that Arsenal sing, that's that's a, that's forbidden. <laughs> that, that, you know, um, what, what's the Arsenal song that they sing? Which one? Uh, the Jack Wilshire one. Well, no, the Arsenal. Arsenal. No, no. It's not. <laughs> it's we, we've only got one. Like, I can't remember. Oliver Giroud song. Well, well, we, did, we did copy no, the Samir Nazi song for Bandavada. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, but that song was, they sung that. I think SCN or Makaleli, one of them like that song. Have you got an answer for this song, this, this question? At least favourite chance. Um, I'm not a big fan of Everywhere We Go, but that's, that song splits people. Because like it's an it. easy song to kind of catch I, on. I really but, like it. Catch you. I'm not. I, I, I'm going to go with a very, very new one, uh, and it's the uh, Daily Alley 
head, <laughs> shoulders, pretty... knees, and toes. No, come <laughs> on. Don't like it, man. Don't like it. There's loads of people that hate that. I really can't get that. I don't understand the lyrics. You put. Oh, you put your whole self in. Oh shit! Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, cooking at hotels and didn't. Okay. I quite like it. I hum that to myself when I'm having sex. For <laughs> <laughs> the rhythm. In, out, in, out. You shake it all about. <laughs> Do the okey dokey and you turn around. All in your fucking face. <laughs> I don't know. I got my board in your face. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? <laughs> next question. I, I made that up. There is no next question because we've run over. It's 40 minutes second half, 45 minute first half. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, thank you for coming down, mate. That's all right, no problem. Buddy. Been a legend. Thank you. Uh, T. Blaps. Love with love. And this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network.